0: by Kettering Baptist Church.
1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buchus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: I want to bring our attention to Matthew chapter 28. We'll begin our reading in verse number 16 of Matthew 28. And the word of the Lord reads, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We have been on a journey through a series of messages entitled Claiming the Corridor for Christ. Began this journey in Numbers chapter 33. We spoke from that very subject matter, Claiming the Corridor from Christ. The second part of our series, we were in Joshua chapter 18. We spoke from the idea claiming your inherited corridor. Then we moved in part three to conquering the corridor of fear, Second Timothy chapter one. The fourth part of the series, we were in Acts chapter 16, and in Acts chapter 16, we spoke from the idea of claiming your community corridor. Last, when we were together, we were in Exodus chapter three, and we spoke there from the idea and the encouragement, the catalyst for claiming the corridor. In Exodus chapter 3, we wanted to ensure that you had an understanding and a knowledge that it was God who would do the claiming. And you just had to be in position to go. And if he sends you somewhere, he's already got the victory already finished, already settled, already resolved. He's not going to send you where he won't cause victory to happen. He won't take you where he can't keep you. And so because he is a God of eternality, he knows not only that which is coming, but that which will come and that which has come and that which will be a God of all authority, a God who has everything that will sustain us in our claiming. As we close this series of messages on today in this sixth and final part of the series, I want to talk to you out of this very familiar passage, which we know as the Great Commission. I want to speak to you out of this passage from the idea and the thought commissioned to claim the corridor. Last week, you understood I have a catalyst that is the power, the means by which we're going to claim the corridor is God himself. But for some you may be sitting thinking, you know what, why should I go? I mean, I'm not just going to go out here calling myself claiming the corridors for Christ just because Pastor Sterling said so. Why should I go in the first place? What ought to motivate me? What's the reason behind me moving from my seat and being comfortable in my stubbornness? Well, I'm glad you asked the question. As we walk through this and look at this particular passage today, I want you to understand that you've been commissioned to do so. Matthew lets us know that Jesus has already fulfilled his assignment by now. His assignment was to come into the world and to give his life as a ransom for ours. Jesus' assignment is finished. He's completed. He's done what he had to do. He lived a perfect life. He did not sin. In every aspect of his life, he did everything the Father sent him to do. For everything he said he did, I did according to the will of my Father. He went even to Calvary and offered himself as a sacrifice. He allowed his creation to whip him, to beat him, to brutally mutilate him. He was crucified on the cross. He died on the cross. He shed his precious blood for the redemption of our sin, that all of our sin might be washed away. And then he was buried in a tomb, and on the third day, according to the scripture, he rose with all authority in his hand. Jesus had finished his assignment. By the time we get to Matthew chapter 28, not only has he risen from the dead, but he's also gone and he's presented himself to his disciples. He has completed all of his assignment. He goes and he meets his disciples in the place where he is going to transfer them their assignment. He says, I want you to meet me on this certain mountain in in Galilee. And so now we're here on this mountain in Galilee where he's going to commission them and all believers to fulfill their assignment that he has for them. Here is Jesus who has completed his assignment. And he says, now that I've done what I was supposed to do, now you need to do what you're supposed to do. I know a whole lot of us want Jesus to do it all. He did it all. But now he's saying you need to do your part. And so he commissions them to do their part. Uh, This text of Matthew chapter 28 specifically verses 18 through 20 we have coined the great commission and when we look at this idea and this thought of commissioning a commission is an instruction a command a duty a mission a charge that is given to an individual or group of people to function or to do or complete a particular assignment and so here in Matthew we have this charge given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ perhaps if I can help you to understand it just a little bit better and I'll use my military background to kind of perhaps explain this. In the military, we had what were called NCOs, non-commissioned officer. but We had COs, which were commissioned officers. And what I've learned in my military history and in research as well, I've, I've learned that Article 2, Section 2 of our Constitution of the United States of America says that the president of the United States is the one who commissions all officers. But the officers that are commissioned in the military service oftentimes are not directly commissioned by the president of the United States. But the authority of the president is transferred to others so that they may commission the officer in his name. And so in our army, the army of the Lord, there are no NCOs. In other words, there are no non-commissioned officers. Everybody in the Lord's army has been commissioned by God. But in the commissioning of the Lord, as he's commissioned his officers and commissioned us to do the work of the ministry, we lay out in this passage what exactly that commissioning involves. So he commissioned us, and the commissioning of the Lord's army is also in his name. So his first command, his first order, instruction, if you will— in this commission is to go making, go making disciples. Ultimately, the text says, "Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee and into the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them." And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Here's a key point of the text, and I'm, I'm building to this: the command that he gives the disciples is to go making disciples. Here they are; they go there. The eleven go there. Remember, one has already given him his life as in suicide, Judas. But then the eleven go there to meet him, and when they go there to meet him, the Bible says they worship, but some doubt it. If I'm reading this straight on, I'm thinking that the eleven worshiped. But then when I read some doubt it, that helped me to understand that all eleven weren't worshiping. Because you can't worship him and doubt at the same time. For John chapter 4 says, They that worship him must worship him in spirit and In truth, not in doubt. And so some were worshiping him, but some were doubting him. And as they doubted him, he's going to commission them. And he says to them, look, I know that some of you are doubting. And so what he does to alleviate all doubt is he comes back and the text says there verse number 18. He says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth just in case you was wondering if I really am who I say I am. I'm going to alleviate all of your doubt because I'm going to commission you to go and I have the authority to commission you. All authority is given to me on earth and in heaven. I like that because of what it helps me to understand as it relates to this particular commission. He has the authority for all of the beings on earth But he also has the authority to commission and to charge all of the beings in heaven. And in the same way that the commissioning of the military officer is done, the authority is transferred from the president to the secretaries of state so that they can commission the officers. In our text, the authority is transferred from the father to the son. And the son says, I have all the authority. So just in case you wanted to be a rebellious Christian, And if just in case you just wanted to be one of those folks that said, I'm only going to do what God the Father says do. God the Son says the Father has given me all the authority, so you need to do what I charge you to do. So he says, I have all the authority, and all authority has been given to me, so stop doubting I am who I say I am. Stop doubting I am the resurrected Christ. Stop doubting that I died and and rose again. Stop doubting that I'm standing before you right now and that I'm worthy to be worshipped. Because all authority has been given to me. So he says, all authority has been given to me. Now, this all authority statement is an essential strength, an essential necessity of this text. Because if he does not possess all of the authority, then he has no authority to commission you or I or even his 11 disciples that are standing here. He has no authority to tell them to do anything. But the fact that he has all authority, that means he has charge over everything in heaven and on earth. He's got charge over every demon. He's got charge over every being. He's got charge over the black. He's got charge over the white. He's got charge over the Asian. He's got charge over the Hispanics. All authority is in his hand. And so his authority says that he has the right. He is empowered to charge us to do what he's getting ready to do. And what he commissions us to do, our commander-in-chief, as you will, he says in verse number 19, go and make disciples. Now, I don't really want to reduce this to just as you go, though that is, in fact, the reality, as you go, make disciples. But there is a deliberate charge here given for you to go. So it's not just in case you feel like going. He said, for every born-again child of God, for every one of you, you are charged to go and make disciples. There's a charge on our lives. There's a responsibility on our lives not to make ourselves known, but the charge is to make Christ known. But he charges them, go and make disciples. Now, the making of disciples, he says, make disciples of all nations, make followers of all nations. Making a disciple is to make one who follows. And in order to make one who follows, you've got to first be following yourself. If you're going to tell somebody else to follow Jesus, it might be good for you to be following him. Don't sit back (laughs) in your big old chair and and be telling everybody, you need to go to church. You need to follow Jesus. You need to do that. And you're not doing it. But you need to follow him yourself. And watch this. Not only do you need to follow him, but if you're going to make disciples if you're going to make followers of him you've got to tell the story of him that's what you mean tell the story you've got to know the story that he was born of a virgin that he lived 33 years without sin that he is the very son of god that he is god in the flesh that he died on the cross that he shed his blood because nobody else could or would that they buried him in a borrowed tomb That on the third day, he got up from the grave because death couldn't hold him because he had no sin of his own. He buried your sin and my sin. You got to tell the story. You got to tell others that the way, the truth, and the life is through him. You got to tell others that he is the only means by which we can get to God. You got to be able to tell the story that you don't get to heaven by being good. The scripture says there is none good, no, not one. You need to be able to tell the story. So if you're going to make the followers of Jesus Christ, you need to follow him yourself. And you need to tell the story. You need to know the story to tell the story. And so you have an assignment. You've been charged with the assignment to go making. But not only does he stop there, he says, therefore, make disciples of all nations. And notice all nations, not just people you know, people that are your color, people that hang out in your neighborhood. No, we have a responsibility to take the gospel to all nations. Don't stop because the color of the skin changes. Don't stop because the economic position changes. Don't stop because the language barrier. No, we have a responsibility to take the gospel to all nations, everywhere. And here at Kettering Baptist Church, one of the things I have vowed and attested to, I want to be able to take the gospel to every place God opens up doors for us to be able to take it. And even as he has through this, through radio broadcast, through live streaming, through CDs and tapes, whatever means by which we can get the gospel out there, we've got a responsibility to do it. And watch this, and not just send it, we also have a responsibility to go. That's why we invest here in making disciples that go. That's why we have such a strong missions ministry that sends our mission teams every year to go. We have a responsibility to go. This is what we have been commissioned by God to do. Sometimes in church life, we get a little caught up thinking that church life is all about, you know, fellowshipping and having a good chicken dinner or having a name, a title, all that. We've messed it up to think that that's what church is all about. Now, here is what we are supposed to be about. Making disciples of all nations. That's our commission from God. That's why he left us here. So that we can make Christ known. So we can make followers of Jesus Christ. So he shifts and transitions from the go making and he says, go baptizing. The latter part of verse 19, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He says, go making disciples, but go baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The word baptize comes from a Greek word, baptismo. It means to immerse. When Jesus says here, go baptizing them in the The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go immersing them into that name. Put the name around them so much so that they are immersed in the name. They are saturated in the name. Theologically speaking, it is to immerse them into the truth of the doctrine, the belief, the the reality, if you will, and the teachings That go forward regarding the name. So theologically speaking. Immerse them into the doctrine. And teachings of the triune God. The father. The son. The holy spirit. The trinity if you will. In other words. If you're going to make followers of me. They need to know who I am. So you need to immerse them. Into the knowledge and the doctrine. That I am the father or one. And yes, we are three persons, but we're only one God. So you need to immerse them into that doctrine. Now, theologically speaking, that's what we mean when we talk about this baptism. Immersion into the doctrine, into the belief, into the understanding, into the teachings about the triune God, about the names of God. Physically speaking, it is to immerse them into water as a testimony That they are in agreement with the teachings that went forward. Let me give you an illustration. When John the Baptist came baptizing, he had this message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. Now what was he baptizing? Why was he baptizing? People were being baptized into the testimony that I agree with that doctrine. I agree that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what John the Baptist was in essence saying is that the Messiah is here and we need to repent. And guess what? Jesus himself comes and he is also baptized, physically baptized in the water, stating that he is in agreement that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he wasn't the only one who was in agreement that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because when he came up out of the water, the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Lord have mercy. And so even God the father was in agreement that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. That the kingdom of heaven was present before the people. And so they were baptized physically into water as testimony that they agreed with the teaching and the doctrine that was going forward. Now. Theologically and spiritually speaking, they were immersed into a teaching or a doctrine that said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, we need to repent. That's what John the Baptist's message was. And all those who agree were baptized in agreement with it. Now Jesus says to the disciples, Now you go make followers of me and baptize them theologically, immerse them into the doctrinal teachings of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And physically, in testimony that they agree with the doctrines of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, just in case you thought when you got baptized that you went into the water, a sinner, and came out a saint, it didn't happen. If you weren't saved when you went in the water, you still ain't saved when you came out. So he says to them, go making disciples, go baptizing them in the doctrinal beliefs and teachings of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. That we three are one, our triune God. Then he comes back in verse number 20 and he says, teaching them. So go teaching, go making disciples, go baptizing, go teaching. What are we going to teach? Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. What has he just commanded the disciples? This is why I believe there has been a gap in what we the church are doing today. We've lost our way as it relates to making disciples because we miss out on what we should have been teaching those who we were discipling. Instead of teaching those who we are discipling how long your dress ought to be or what kind of color tie you ought to wear. Instead of us teaching that, we should have been teaching what he commanded them. What did he command them? Go making disciples of all nations. Go baptizing them in my name. Go Teaching them what I taught you or what I commanded you. And if we had kept that cycle going, what it creates is a perpetual cycle that the kingdom of heaven keeps growing and growing and growing. And the disciples keep getting made and the disciples keep going out making more disciples. We've been commissioned to go and make disciples. We've been commissioned to go and claim the corridors for Christ. We've been commissioned to go out and make Christ known wherever we go. But we missed it. We're more involved in making names for ourselves, names for our pastors, names for our churches. We're more concerned about that than we are making Christ's name. And I'm going to say this in all sincerity what folk ought to know about you is that you make Christ known. What I'm most interested in about Kettering Baptist Church is this a place. Where Christ is being made known. Do you know the name of Jesus? That's what's important. Is his name known? Is his will being made known? Are we teaching what he taught? That's what's of the utmost importance. Because when we leave here, you got to go meet him face to face. He doesn't care how many businesses you own. He doesn't care how much money you had in the bank. He doesn't care how much was in your 401k plan. He don't care about that. Did you fulfill what I commissioned you to do? I commissioned you to make Christ known. Have you done that? All we need to do is fulfill the commission. And you might be thinking, well, you know, what? I'm scared. I don't don't know. I don't know about that pastor. I, I can't talk to folk. I can't do that. Well, here's the good news. He not only says go making, go baptizing, go teaching. He says go in my presence. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Watch this. Here's the good news for all my scaredy cats, for all my folks that's got knocking knees and and, and shivering and shaking and worried about something. He says, go in my presence. He says, wherever you go, I'm there because I'm an omnipresent God. I'm going to be with you when you go. I'm going to be with you as you go make disciples. I'm going to go with you as you're baptizing. I'm going to be with you as you're teaching. I'll be with you. So you ain't got to worry about nothing. Don't even worry about the enemy. I got him in check. I got your back. I'm covering you. I'm going before you. And I'm the catalyst. All you need to do is go. Let me do the work. I'll transform their life. You don't have to be so convincing that you convince somebody to get saved. No, you just tell the story. The Holy Spirit does the convicting. He's involved in convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I'll do the transforming. I'll bring them to me. I'll draw them to myself. You just need to open your mouth and tell the story. This is our assignment that we've been charged with by God. Go claim the corridor for him.
1: Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building for a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at Kettering And remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit filled worship services Sundays at 8am or 11am at our new edifice called the legacy center located at 6909. Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.
0: What if the only way you had to feed your family was stolen from you?